Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Black is back, and she's all in black today. Amanda Hayes from AKH Financial. Let's uh, go back to where we were on, on the uh, chart here. So t- did today turn out to be another buy the dip for investors? You know, possibly. I mean, there's just a huge demand for yield out there, and it's too early to speculate on things. Oftentimes, we've got knee-jerk reactions to news, and you know, I, I find it hard to explain these moves based on fundamentals. It's probably just covering short positions and Margin selling is a big thing that can further push things down come the end of the day. So probably just that. You know, one of the things I was reading from an investor's guide was the fact that a lot of people forget that you still need to save and have that cushion even when you have debt. Like you want to pay off the debt because there's nothing you get nothing in interest of just putting money away, relatively speaking. But a lot of people failed to save and then something unexpected happens and then bam, they're hit. Yeah, I mean, an emergency fund is the very first thing you want to make sure you've got before you even start investing. It's okay to have debt and invest, but if you don't have, you know, six months of your basic expenses covered in case you lost a job or something happened, you need air conditioning, you know, things like that, um, it's not very wise to start investing and then immediately have to pull it out because of, you know, an emergency or something and, or, or you've got your you got margin <laughs> too much, and then yeah. you, you're sitting there trying to figure out like, oh no, what do I do now? You think you have all this money, and then you don't. So, so you just said the magic word. What is margin selling? What does that mean to an investor? Well, if you're new to investing, you're going to want to stay away from margin accounts uh, because margin allows you to you can buy way more shares than the actual amount that you have invested. And the loan essentially is collateralized by the securities that you've purchased in your cash. So it, it magnifies your profits, but it can also magnify your losses. And you've got to maintain this minimum balance. And if you don't maintain that balance, you'll get margin called. And that's where the broker essentially demands additional funds to maintain the account balance. And if you can't do that, if you can't put money into your account, then they're just going to sell your shares. And that's why you see that additional capitulation around like three o'clock or so, 3.15 sometimes when you have a pretty down market. And it could just be arbitrary selling in accounts because of that margin call. And um, sometimes you're, you're selling, most oftentimes you'd be selling at a loss. So it can be really risky and investors need to be aware of that for sure. You don't want to panic. Okay. How often do people call you in a panic on a day like today? Yeah, I'm, you know, not not too often, really. You know, first off, if, if you called your broker today and they didn't call you back and maybe you haven't heard from your broker in a while, then, you know, perhaps you should get a second look at that. Call my office. And yeah. um, sometimes, you know, anxiety can be like a smoke alarm that goes off. And sometimes that alarm in investors is broken because it's just so conditioned to the perceived danger when there might not actually be any. So a good broker is going to be able to kind of calm your nerves and fears. And I work with my clients to educate them on market fluctuations and if they have concerns. And, 
you know, more importantly, just construct a plan that doesn't depend on day-to-day fluctuations. And we want to look at more long-term or in segments of needs. So if a day like today scares you, maybe you should consider a different type of investment product that will protect you on that downside. And I've got that educational event coming up uh, next Mm. month. Thursday, August 19th. So we're going to talk about how to protect your gains, how have to you, get income. Have you filled all the seats yet? I know it's going to be a small crowd. Um, you, I haven't even put the invite out yet, but after the show last week, five people called in and reserved a spot. So thanks. <laughs> told you. I told you. Yeah, just, you know, call the office 386-846-0658 and ask for Kathy. She can reserve your seat for the event. And, um, you know, as long as you don't already have a another event, like you're going to space, um, come check out the event. I didn't ask you, would you go to space? No. I'm nervous being on a ladder putting up Christmas lights. No, <laughs> no thank you. I don't think so. That can, I mean, that can get scary sometimes. <laughs> no, thanks. Did we take a call? Lisa has a question in Daytona Beach. Lisa, you're on WNDB. Hello. Hi. Thank you for taking my call, Mark. I've been waiting for this lady to come back on your show because I, I had a question for her. Um, my brother uh, has uh, $20,000 worth of credit card debt, but he also has $110,000 in his IRA, but he's not 59 and a half. He wants to take the uh, $20,000 out of his IRA and pay off his credit card debt. And I've told him that's not a good idea, and I wondered what you thought. Well, first off, hi. Thanks for calling in. Um, So here's the deal when you take money out of an IRA account. You know, typically if you're taking it out of a traditional IRA and you're taking it prior to 59 and a half, you're going to be assessed a 10% penalty. And that's going to go on top of your ordinary income. So if you are in a tax bracket where let's just say you're making over 44,000 a year and now you're going to add money on top of that, you're going to get taxed at 22% or more. I was going to say, isn't it 20% plus the 10? Plus the 10%. Because the 10's the penalty, right? So, I mean, if you're mathematically looking at it, unless that credit card interest rate is higher than, you know, 30%, I mean, you might want to reconsider, you know, how you take care of that debt. There's lots of different things out there that could, you know, alleviate um, those payments. And there's lots of help out there for people that have high credit card debt, or you can kind of refinance it by another credit card, a balance transfer, but it's going to come down to a lot of different components. I don't normally say that it's a good idea to take from your IRA account Mm. early because of that 10% penalty. I mean, and there are a lot of cards that are offering no interest for like a year and a half. So if you can discipline yourself to at least chop that down, the interest you're paying would be, if you still have a balance, the interest would be less, correct? Yeah. Presumably. I mean, usually balance transfers have, you know, upfront charges like three or 4%. So you have to kind of calculate those things in as well. But um, you always want to attack your highest interest debt first and then kind of work your way down of of where you're paying stuff towards when you have uh, debt like that. Very good. See, people want to talk to you. Wayne in Ormond Beach, you're on WNDB. Hello, Wayne. Yeah, hi. I, I listen to all the projections of growth in the economy. And I wear the hat that says the people aren't there to sustain that growth as far as skill sets. Sure, there might be 900 million or whatever number of people not working, but you can't 
turn them like my email I sent uh, from a video game expert to a machinist. And I think a lot of these companies are saying, well, we're going to have 10% growth, but they need 10% growth of skilled workers and what they do. Is that a valid theory? Yeah, I mean, sure, it's valid. I, I think that industries change and they evolve over time. So I think I made a comment a few weeks ago that I don't see a lot of shoe cobblers out there. You know, <laughs> sometimes the jobs kind of absolve themselves and they transfer to something else. And while you'll still need skilled labor to a certain extent, unfortunately, those companies are going to have to start paying more in order to compete against, you know, other jobs that are available to people out there. Before you go, we had a listener ask if investors should use big banks or credit unions. Hmm. I mean, that usually depends on convenience. You know, most people want service. You know, typically credit unions, they're going to have lower fees. They'll have better rates, different loan rates. They might have higher interest on savings. You know, never forget that banking is a process. It's not a product. So they want your deposits. And um, the credit unions, they might have limited services compared to the big banks. A bigger bank is probably going to have better mobile apps and locations and products. And um, you Could, might. What about service fees? Do you get more or less service fees with a credit union? You're probably going to get less with a credit union. But I mean, mm -hmm. it all depends. It depends on what those banks need for deposits because that's how they function. They need, and the government prints money. They, you know, borrow it from themselves and, or they, they print it, they borrow it, and then banks have it, then banks lend it out, and then they make money off of it. So it's all about the spread in all these different scenarios. And that's the process of it is that the more deposits that the bank gets, the more it can lend out. And so those fees and those interest rates and those loan rates are going to change and fluctuate depending on how many deposits they have or need or don't need. So like Morgan Stanley this morning just announced that they were going to uh, eliminate all personal lines of credit. Now, what that means Morgan for, Stanley said that? Mm -hmm, yeah, just a couple hours ago they announced it. And what that means for the bank, maybe they just don't want to, you know, they don't want their clients taking on more debt because they might ultimately be the ones that are on the hook for it later. So those revolving lines of credit, those personal lines of credits, they're getting rid of them. And they're probably focusing people more towards you know, fixed amount, personal loans, things like that, where they have to go through some underwriting process to be on the hook for it. Would that mean, not that I'm doing business with them, but would that mean that equity lines would disappear? Yeah, well, I mean, that's what they're saying is their their personal lines of credit would be gone. Wow, wow, because people depend on those to put on a new roof, things like that, right? Unless they put the money away and discipline themselves. Yeah. I mean, it depends. A lot of people have refinanced their homes uh, with the 10-year treasury dropping. Your mortgage rates are dropping. So that might cause some more people to refinance again as rates start to drop. Um, it's a pretty big drop to go from 1.5 just two weeks ago down to 1.2. So that's, that's going to make an impact on your mortgage rates at least by 50 basis points. Okay. This is not part of the questions, but I got to ask you, have you ever served as an advisor or on a board for a bank? For a bank? No. I, I sit on the Ormond Beach uh, Police Officers Pension Board. I've been there since 2009, and I sit on the board for the Healthy Start Coalition of Volusia County, so I've been on both those boards for quite some time. Okay. The reason I ask the question is, do you have any understanding, this is an education question, as to what the responsibility is of a board of directors at a bank? Is it to make sure their investments are sound, that they minimize risk? What do board of, 
boards of directors or boards of trustees of banks do? Yeah, all of those things. Really? I mean, they're they're an oversight committee for, you know, different things that are occurring at the bank, you know, level of deposits, level of loan, types of creditors or borrowers and just how things are functioning. I mean, that's the whole point of anybody having a board of directors is another layer of oversight over your CEO and CFO and all those. Amanda Hayes, the of uh, AKH Financial, 1144A Pelican Bay Drive in Daytona Beach. One of your neighbors was just in here a few days ago, Dana Science. Call 386-846-0658. Amanda, thanks so much for coming in. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.